Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe Podcast Network. It's LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in Los Angeles and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Hey, everybody, welcome to this special edition of Believe in Sparks right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stacey Pates, and I say it's a special episode for multiple reasons. I mean, A, it's Believe in Sparks, so it's always going to be special. But uh, Sydney Weiss, who's usually on the show with me, is in Spain. So she has hooked me up with one of her favorite people, also a teammate. Marina Mabry is on the line with me. Marina, thank you so much for taking time to hang out with me on the show tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about it. Sid's one of my favorite people, too. Right? She's so great. I love, she's one of those people that I just want to have conversations with. I don't care what it's about because... I tell her all the time, you know, just her wisdom and the way she looks at life. And there's just so many special things about Sydney. And I love hearing just how she puts sentences together even. Like, I just love having conversations with her. Yeah, she always has something great to say. Yeah, she really does. So you just wrapped up your rookie season. What what has that been like for you? Um, I feel like it's a roller coaster. It's kind of like freshman year of college. Um, Um... just in a sense of having ups and downs and um, just trying to work through it and figure out what your place is, what your role is, and what you have the chance to become in this league. Hmm. How do you think it went for you? Uh, I think it went great. I've had a chance to meet great people, learn from really great players, um, and obviously make some new friends like Sid. uh, And then just kind of understand the dynamic of – what it's like um, in perspective of college and what I need to do to get better and, uh, and put myself in a position to be successful in the league. How did, how different did it look going from, cause a lot of people would think, Oh, it's, it's still the game of basketball. Like not much has changed. You played at a high level in college. Now you go to the W it's still basketball. Like that doesn't change, but what exactly does that transition look like from collegiate to the pros? Right. Um, I feel like starting with just the pace and the physicality of the game, um, people just hit harder, move quicker, things happen quicker. Um, so I think that makes it a little more difficult for college people, especially mm-hmm. me coming from playing zone and a um, we played downhill and transition but in the half court we uh we executed thoroughly so um having things happen quicker was a little bit of a challenge for me so that's something that I took away but I also like the individuality of the game so Mm -hmm. people can score on their own a lot better and uh, create their own shots so I think it makes it more fun to watch sometimes what did you learn about yourself um I learned that I'm a little bit more 
mentally tough than I thought. I love that. <laughs> that, and I learned that a lot of things, <laughs> like Sid would call, I'm unbothered. So I feel like a lot of things I just kind of brush off and I try to stick to what matters and basketball and only basketball. So um, I, that's something that helped me stay focused on what I'm trying to do and understand what my goals are in this league and 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 being able to stay more focused. I didn't think I was I was pleasantly surprised at how well I was focused. I love that. I love that un, <laughs> unbothered. Seriously, like it's one of those things. I love that she came up. That's what I'm talking about. Sydney comes up with words like that, and you're just like, "Yep, that's that's good." Um, that that especially means a lot to me because I've been one of those people that's super hard on myself. You know, I'm right. a perfectionist. Try to get everything right. Um, and you know as well as I do, there's no such thing as a perfect game. Just like there's no such thing as a perfect broadcast when you're doing it live and. Um, it's, it's the challenges of being able to, because the thing is, the, the trick is if you continue to think about your last mistake, it's only going to compound more mistakes. That's what you're going to do. So where does that come from? Have you always been that way to just let things roll off and you know what? It happened. Keep it moving. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, my mom mm -hmm. has always told me like, whatever happened last play, it really doesn't matter. You need to move on. And like my dad would always say, um, just make another play. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I like I'm out and on the court and stuff, I'm always thinking like, well, I'll just make another play. So I love that. Um, were, did your then, parents play? Uh, my parents, I mean, they like, they were athletes, but they didn't play basketball that seriously, but they were trying athletes. Mm -hmm. So, um, they have that business and yeah. keep, keep going and things like that or something that they're very familiar with. Yeah. It's that mentality that they instilled in you. That's a gift. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about your collegiate career because in every other state, it's just basketball, <laughs> but you played in Indiana, my friend. And that makes me so happy because I'm born yeah. and raised in Indiana. So I, I love the, yes, it's such a great state and people are so sweet and they love them some Irish. Uh, talk yeah. about your, your experience uh, living and in, in playing in, in the state that is basketball. Well, I walked right into just the best fans in the country and um. They're just so supportive. They're there every night, whether we're playing a good team, a mediocre team, a bad team. Um, and they're just loud and they make you, f and they make women's basketball feel important. Um, they understand the love of the game that women's basketball players have. Um, they like the beauty of the game and it's just pure basketball for them. And I love that about Indiana. So, um, just the support of women's basketball in that state alone is something that motivates you and makes you want to win national championships every year. Mm -hmm. What first turned you on to Notre Dame? Um, well, my sister went there and she graduated in 15, 16. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. One of those years. She was a senior <laughs> when I was a freshman. Okay. So I perfect. Got to play with her for one year, but um, oh. not only that, that kind of just drew my attention to Notre Dame, but then just, kind of watching like the fans and how coach McGraw empowers women and um, never backs down to any team and how the UConn Notre Dame rivalry was what um, is a lot of today why women's basketball is is where it is in, in the at the collegiate level mm -hmm. um, 
and obviously all the stuff Pat Summit did at Tennessee too, but um, in today's day and age, being able to be part of the two final fours that really brought the level of women's basketball up and the attention is something that I knew Notre Dame would be a part of just kind of watching them from the years back. Yeah, definitely. And, and very special. I mean, it was so special. I watched you play um, a few times when I caught some Notre Dame games and I love your swag. You have this very special, like, um, I, I keep going back to what Sydney said, unbothered. You just have this unbothered swag. Um, but I also can tell you are an amazing teammate. Like you're someone I would want to call a teammate because you have the swag, you have the goods, but you also have that, um, team first mentality. Yeah. Um, I think like, I feel like I, not that I wasn't a team player before, but I think going from the two to the one in college made me change my mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll watch a lot of film with the Notre Dame coaches and them showing me like, at this time, this is who you needed to get involved in the game. And at this time, you needed to call your own number. And so um, they taught me how to be a leader in a sense that it's not always about you, but when it's time for it to be about you, you need to know when it's time. So um, I think that helped me a lot with putting the team first and people, when it needed to be me or it needed to be somebody else, um, they helped me to recognize that. Yeah, that's great advice too. And then when you go from the two to the one, how much more pressure was put on you to be a leader or was that already part of your, the fabric of who you are anyway? Um, well, truthfully, we, my first game as the one, we lost by 33 at Louisville and I think I had like nine turnovers and everybody was talking about, oh, she can't be a point guard on ESPN, on this one, on that one, on ACC Network. Mm. Um, and my teammates never doubted me though. So I think that helped me to keep going with it. Cause at first I was like, no, no way. Mm. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. I'd like my mm. position back. Mm-hmm. But um, I think like coach McGraw and the coaching staff and the people at Notre Dame, they all believed in me and they were like, just, just keep going with it. So I, um, I started going to the gym and, and practicing ball handling, but like point guard ball handling, not the stuff I was doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me a new respect for point guards and how much they need to do and how hard it is on them sometimes um, and how people take a great point guard for, for, um, for granted sometimes. So just watching so much film and what pass needed to be made, like I, that's something I never even thought about at the two, like whatever. Oh, I turned it over too bad. I'll just shoot it next time. Like, yeah. so yeah. I think that was really tough on me, but I think it made me a better player in the long run and made me a better teammate now. I want to stick with something that you said um, as a member of the media, and thank you so much for your transparency. That's that's something, and I get real. Um, I know you're a feisty player, so you can understand this. I get real um, spun up when it comes to negativity. I don't do negative, mm-hmm. um, and but the media they thrive on it, and I've been in the media yeah. for a, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. but I've still never and will not go there. Sometimes, you know, questions need to be asked. I mean, obviously if something happens right. that, that needs to be approached and spoken about, but to say you're not ready um, or to say anything negative, I feel like so many media outlets forget that you all are humans. 
they, they look at it like, okay, well, she's on, you know, the world's best stage. She's on the uh, contending team. So we can say whatever we want about her. And she, she's a professional athlete. So, you know, or at that time, a, a top collegiate athlete. So, you know, she, she opens the door for us to talk trash. I call no on that. And I hate that attitude, but how do you, as a human being with a heart, with a soul, with a mind, with a selfless attitude, just trying to do your best day in and day out, working your butt off. They don't see that you're the first one there and the last one to leave. How did you mentally, I know that you said this, and again, thank you for your transparency. The first thing you thought was, oh, nope, I'd rather just stay at the, the two. I'm comfortable there. I don't need to change. I'm, I, I can do that job. Even though you knew deep down you could do the one, you could play the role of one as well. But how did you rise above that. I mean, because this can help any listener going through anything in any part of their life. Right. I think, I think at first I, I had that mindset for maybe like 12 hours, but that 12 hours was like crucial. So, mm-hmm. um, I think my success at the two, my sophomore year, I didn't want to let go of, mm-hmm. and I wasn't seeing the big picture right away. So being like barely 20 years old at the time, um, and coming home to ESPN saying Notre Dame's in shambles because, mm. you know, whose first point guard game wants to be at Louisville with the players they had, not me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think I had played it here and there, but like maybe a possession or two. And I really just passed the ball into the corner and like probably shot a three after that. So it really wasn't the same thing. And it all hit me at once. So, um, at first, when I got home, that's like the eighth time I heard the ESPN replay. Mm-hmm. So I just unplugged my TV. Um, no, I sat in my room and I started to cry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I can do this, whatever. But um, and usually my mom gets pretty heated when I don't play well. She's kind of like, what, what's going on? You're not concentrating, whatever, you know, parent things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this time she texted me and said, you can do it. And that was really it. And um, I didn't answer. My dad called me a couple times. I didn't answer. And then I think we played um, played Boston College next. We killed them. But I still don't play that great. And then Tennessee comes to town. And I'm back at the one with, um, at the time, I think Anastasia Hayes was right under me. She's like, she's like smaller and much quicker and we're down we're down 23 again and everyone's looking at me like uh excuse me point guard but you gotta do Mm -hmm. something this time so Mm -hmm. um and and my dad flew out for the game and we uh we actually managed to have the biggest comeback in Notre Dame history we won um I think the score was 81 68 at the end and uh I just kind of looked up in the stands after and saw my dad and he kind of was just like, I told you you can do it. But the difference between this time and last time is that you didn't give up. Yeah. That's when you believed you could do it. Yeah. And so like, I kind of brought the team together, maybe like midway through the second. And I was like, look, this isn't happening again. Whatever we need to do to do it. I need every single one of you more than you could ever imagine right now. I actually have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm not saying that right now. I'm kind of just like trying to encourage the team. And I feel like me believing that it wasn't over and believing that this time we're not going to do that. And this time we're, we're, the season's not going to go to 
crap. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Arike turned it on, Jackie turned it on, uh, Kat turned it on, Jess, and then the whole crowd was back into it. And obviously, without the help of my teammates, Arike hit some ridiculous shots. So Jackie and Jess and Kat, <laughs> but um, I feel like it all came full circle. And and for a lot of people, it may not come full circle that quickly. But I also had some really tough moments. But I feel like at the end of that season, my junior year, I turned the ball over with seven seconds left in the national championship. And the only thing that went through my mind was the last time you did this, you didn't give up. That's like what my dad was saying. I knocked the ball away from somebody on Mississippi State. Jackie got the rebound. We got the ball back. Rika hit the shot. We won. So, like, yeah, it worked out positive, positively for me, and it doesn't always work out negative, positively for everybody, but I feel like it's all about everybody's going to say so many things. Oh, she can't be a point guard. She can't handle the ball. She's too tall. She's too slow. She's this, she's that. She can only shoot. I heard everything and anything that people could throw at me. And I feel like at the end of the day, if you believe in it and you have a circle that believes in you, it really doesn't matter what anybody else says. Amen, sister. And that is so true. And again, that can be applied in any part of life. It doesn't matter. I heard it said once, and I love this quote, it doesn't matter what they call you. It's what you answer to. Right. So good. And that's so true. And, you know, again, I'm one of those people, I'm a perfectionist. I I want to call the perfect game. I want to have the perfect broadcast, but I'm a human. It's never going to happen as hard as I try. And, and even the times where I thought I, I called a great game, it was maybe just okay to other people because, you know, everyone's going to have their opinion and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to that, but exactly what you just said. And, and that's a blessing for all of our listeners to hear, whether it's in their respective careers, whether they're a coach, whether they're uh, a high school athlete right now listening to you, a collegiate athlete listening to you. It's, it's not buying into what everyone else says, except for your tribe, your closest people, you know, believing what they say about you, but mostly what you believe and, and, and the stories that you decide to tell yourself and believe. And what you settled on was, yeah, I got this. I can do this. And it paid off and you did it and you happened to just turn it around against, Oh, I don't know. One of the most storied franchises in all of collegiate basketball. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. That was a nice, nice little twist. <laughs> right. That's, no, I got lucky. Yeah, I definitely got lucky. That is awesome. Talk, talk to me about, uh, cause now we're in the off season. Uh, talk to me about what you're doing, what you're focusing on, uh, your training regimen. You're in New Jersey right now, your home state. How long will you be there? Tell me everything. Um, so I don't know exactly how long I'll be here, you know, how it is, go overseas eventually. I'm right, gonna, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, I'm going to go overseas soon, but, um, do you know right where now, you're going to go? No, actually I don't okay. right now. Um, so I'm just kind of hanging out, working out, staying in shape and stuff, but really I'm focusing on getting mentally with what's going to happen in the next seven months and what's going to change for me. So um, I don't know what's going to change. I have no idea what life is about to throw at me. Well, so, you'll be ready um, for it. Yeah. I'm just trying to give myself a mental break, uh, go and work out when it's, when I feel like it, when it's a good time and stuff and kind of give my body and my mind a rest while still staying in shape. That's really what good. I'm doing right now. Yeah. Good for you. That's wisdom. That is absolutely wisdom. Yeah. I got um, said. I love it. That's so good. And it, and it makes sense. I mean, she's got a few years under her belt. She can tell you exactly how to take care of yourself. That's, that's a nice gift to have, um, to have that go. Yeah. To have that go-to person. Is there any specific skill set that you'll be focusing on, um, in terms of strengthening your overall game? Um, 
I think this season a little bit, I lost a little bit of confidence in my shot and started overthinking it because I wasn't getting good shots. I wasn't understanding when it was time to shoot and stuff. And um, I was trying to adjust while still hitting shots in limited minutes. So that's like really hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I'm kind of just getting back in the rhythm. My family's a big basketball family. So um, we all like play ones. So we'll play like different types of ones. So you play like ones from the block. One from ones from like mid range back to the basket, ones from you can only do jump shots, ones from only threes, you have to get a shot off at three. So, um, we do that like all day. Um, it gets really intense, but I feel like it puts the fun into it. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm at another workout, I'm doing another drill. And so, I feel like a lot of times we get so much better going against each other and also have fun doing it and get and it also brings your competitiveness way up there so there's a lot of trash talking going on and then we all shoot at the end because my whole family can shoot threes so how many how many kids are there in the Mabry family five. Oh my goodness that is awesome yes, my older brother he was a all-american at um st ann's Thomas at d2 school uh-huh and that's where it all started. Then my older sister, who I played with, she's a assistant at Notre Dame right now. Beautiful. Me. And then my little sister plays at Virginia Tech. She's a sophomore. And then my little brother plays high school basketball right now in New Jersey. That is awesome. So your parents are getting a lot of frequent flyer miles and have been tallying yes. those for <laughs> a few years. Like diamond medallions on Delta. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is awesome. What um what was your experience uh, working with Derek Fisher? I worked with Derek for a lot of years when I covered the NBA. And uh, as a player, I know him to be, you know, a top shelf class act. You know, there was a few times where he did interviews after tough losses and he just showed up like a pro. How do you find him as a coach? Um, I feel like, yeah, I, I definitely noticed that he's super professional. Um, he handles things really well and calm, so I feel like he keeps everybody else calm, too. He never really freaks out. Um, and he's like a player's coach. I feel mm-hmm. like he kind of gives you, like, little tips along the way that help. And um, we have a joke about, like, <laughs> I was, like, missing shots and stuff, and he's like, you, you might want to bend to your knees. That was <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, said everybody. And then, like, that practice, I made, like, every single three. And so then afterwards, I was like, yeah. Hey, I made, like, every shot after I did that. He's like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I mean, I feel like we have a good relationship. Um, he gives you the freedom to do – to be yourself and not – he doesn't put you in a box or anything like that. He kind of lets you rock with your game, but he also kind of shows you um, – what's like for me and per in like personally like what's a good shot and what's not mm-hmm. that's like really kind of what I struggled with this year so I think he helped me a lot in that area and just in general staying calm but also always having your back and stuff I love that and that's how a coach should be with their players I'm glad that you had that experience with him um, there's something else I wanted to talk to you about as a as a female athlete Um, This is a a conversation that, you know, many people have and, you know, me obviously as a female in a male driven 
career, it's one of those things to where we're always challenged in one way or the other. Um, Mm -hmm. A a man can ask a question that seems brilliant to other people, which if I were to ask the exact same question the exact same way, they'd be like, what, what kind of question is that? Or for Mm -hmm. the female athlete, uh, we could talk about the money situation. You know, you're not paid as much as you're worth. But but to keep it real simple, I just want to talk about a t-shirt that you wore um, that I saw you photographed in that I loved. Tell me about This Is My Kitchen. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, honestly, I just hear so many people sit behind computers and sit behind Twitter and all of these different blogs, like women's basketball this, get back in the kitchen, oh, shouldn't she be making a sandwich, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like there's just weak-minded people. Uh-huh. Like, if you don't like a sport, don't watch it. Okay. I'm not the biggest fan of baseball. I think it's kind of boring, but I'm not going to put the sport down. Exactly. It's hard to get there. Exactly. They make millions, billions of dollars. Exactly. Like, that's great for them. It's just not my favorite sport. Yep. So I'm not going to sit behind a computer and tweet about it. I'm not going to sit behind anything and say things about what people have spent their whole life doing. And so I feel like it was kind of time for somebody to get called out. Good and for so, you. I know it was very frustrating for a lot of women and um, just even going back to middle school, uh, I had a game and my mom was my coach. My mom can get a little nuts sometimes. Let's just start with that. And (laughs) I missed the free throw, but I had made every single free throw that season. I was in sixth grade. And my mom was like, ah, oh, looks like you're not getting dinner. But she was messing around with me because I kept saying in the house, ha-ha, I won't miss a free throw, ha And then I did. Uh-huh. And so she kind of was like teaching me a lesson, like shut your mouth uh-huh. and just do it. Uh-huh. So she's like, ha-ha, you don't get dinner. So when I got to school the next day, a bunch of kids were making fun of me saying, I don't know why you guys care that much. You shouldn't even be playing. You're a girl. You're this and that. Woof. And that stuck with me through like every year I played. And um. Then in college, when we won my, the championship my junior year, and um, it was like a really big hit for women's basketball, and everyone was kind of like really excited about it because it was really entertaining games. Yeah. And I think almost, yeah. I think the whole final four, semifinals, all of them went to um, OT, I think. I think you're and, right. And that was your June, that was your junior year. Yeah. Yeah. And they were really entertaining games and people really liked them. Yep. And so the hate got even worse. Like, uh-huh. who are these girls? Why are people watching it? Put this on. Put, I don't know. Put something stupid on. I really don't know what they wanted on the, the TV. But um, so I put a tweet out there for all the women's basketball haters. You guys can go make a sandwich for us now. I love that. Because everyone's watching it and everyone likes it. I love that. And so fast forward when I got to the WNBA. I saw how much worse it is in the WNBA. Mm. Like people really are horrible to WNBA players. Oh, I hate hearing that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So I met with somebody from a company at represent and we kind of just put together a shirt and I was like, look, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I feel like, I think people will support it. I think it will be a good movement, kind of draw some attention to women's basketball and also draw some attention to how much hate it gets for no reason. For no reason. That's what, no reason. Yeah. So that's where I came up with it. I love it. It's brilliant. Where do I get one? <laughs> oh, I'll just send you one. Perfect. You on the podcast. Done and done. I, I <laughs> seriously, I love it. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, girl, 
Oh girl. <laughs> like you were instantly like super, like you moved up real fast on the, on the hero list. So I, oh, thanks. absolutely. I love seeing that. And again, thank you for sharing, um, part of your story with me and, and with us here on the Believe in Sparks podcast. Thank you for your transparency. It's, it's one of those things you're not just sharing stories. You're actually making a difference. And the way you live your life, the way you play the game, the way you show up both uh, in between the lines and on the outside of the lines, in uniform, out of uniform, it doesn't matter. What you're doing makes a statement. And for women everywhere, thank you. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts or Twitter as well. You can find me at Stacey Pates on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget about Baby 24 Follow all the <laughs> things that she's doing over in Spain and Marina, you're at Marina Mabry on Instagram. Are you on any other socials that we can follow? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Mabry one. Love it. Excellent. Well, you have been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's late on the East coast. So extra, extra grateful for you. And, uh, I look forward to getting to know you better. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.